0: Fire and Bones podcast. I'm Michael
1: Crosswhite, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I am Nathan Loudon, the pastor of Millwood Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. Follow the podcast, rate it. Thanks for
0: listening, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. This is, this is one of the better ones.
1: You this is them. as powerful as it gets. The most powerful worship songs. This actually is a decent song to my recollection. I have to go back and look at the lyrics. I, I would isn't actually. A, could, yeah. is that a verse? Shadow of Your Wings? What is that? What yeah. verse is that? Is it in songs? I don't know. This is a song. Yeah, this is language right songs. out of a song. Yeah. So it's not like super crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's 2000. Okay. Let me go back to the 90s. 90s 90s most powerful worship songs. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm reading the titles and I'm just... Oh, man, bro. What are we doing? (laughs) Hang on. Let's go back. What's the song? I don't know this one. Mm -hmm. I don't either. This one doesn't ring a bell. Worship today. To let it rise. Um, I have to hear it. Um, Let's see, in His time, give thanks. Give thanks this is not a bad song. I think we've done that one. If it's the one I'm thinking of, <laughs> he's just saying, oh, we're going to do that one this Sunday." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 You know what we did Sunday that made uh, Colette really happy it was uh, nor two weeks ago maybe um, give you my heart give my no that's not right that's not right what is it um, it's from passion Wow this this is straight out of third eye blind Wow yeah this is third eye blind, I can't basically. name I can't I can't name the song Give me a second. Oh, in the secret, there it is. I saw the title. Mm. Man, this is one of the first songs I learned how to play on the guitar when I was oh, yeah. a junior in high school, and we had transparencies that we had made, the, like the C three with the projector on the. What kind of projector? What did you call that? Overhead projector.
0: Overhead projector. Like where the, C, we, the, we, the The you have the clear printout yes. on the thing. And and we then had
1: then, like right twenty of them. And that was the only songs we knew. And I would sing the same songs. I did it with Jeremy Franks. One of us <laughs> would do a Bible study at lunch at school. And we had our own overhead and we had that song. I could play it right now. Man, over and over and over we did that song. It's pretty great. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh <laughs> I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna do
0: hang on. You ready for this?
1: Ooh Man I can play this song
0: Still like a walk down memory lane dude.
1: Bro So good But I could never I never had like a band Behind me trying to do it It's not the same in youth group But it's like you and your friend Conga. Yeah, like it. It it definitely needs the whole band if you're gonna if you're gonna go crazy. You know that's the only way it makes sense. Yeah. I used to play the electric guitar. This is this is so this is
0: you have heard virtually. You've heard already seventy five percent of the whole song. (laughs) Yeah. This is now once the la la la's come in. Now you've heard 90% of the song right now.
1: Yeah. When Frontier Camp with like uh you know junior high age kids and younger, I remember being allowed to play the electric guitar one year and I could play the lead for Big House, which is really fun to play on the electric. Got to play this on the electric. There's a couple other songs that were just they're just fun songs Kids would just go berserk <clears throat> oh, So this is, fun like, to play. this is like This is We've got to do this one This was like This was like the hit of our era This I mean If you do the motions It might help me remember it's, <laughs> uh, it's So fun to play yeah, yeah. So great I'm about to move in motion for right now. <laughs> so great. Dude. Look at that video, that's amazing. Okay. Is that the official, the, the official video? The official video. I've never seen that. I don't know if you have a yard with
0: a hammock in the shade? You do, you live in Austin. Everybody's got a true. The song's
1: coming true for me. I, I, I love it. You already have a big house. What's happened to you? You're living your best life now. <laughs> if, if my house compl- if, if my house is a big house, I'm really disappointed in the, in the song. My house come and <laughs> Your house was the fulfillment of so
0: You gotta do the broom. broom, it's, broom. Like it's like a broom, first. Like, It's not. It's like There's lots broom. lots of
1: broom. Yeah, they don't, they don't know. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. This is basically just like a slideshow of youth group pictures. This is. Yes. From the 90s. So, Makes no sense. So, uh, we want. I want to.
0: I want to. I've made you do this.
1: <laughs> so did really have. Didn't really twist my arm too much. That's true. I'm. I'm about to put together a whole new playlist right now. <laughs> <laughs> but just for my kids. I wanted
0: to do this because, um, what happened, man? Like, what happened in the '80s, '90s, and 2000s?
1: You mean that. the decades when the best worship music ever was written? <laughs> the most powerful worship songs? That's right. Those those the decades. M- the wow! Wa- wow! The hits. wow! And they had the wow, wow factor. The wow worship hits. Do we even have a wow? Twenty twenties? Probably not, because that's that era's over. No, they've got it. They're still doing it, bro. They're still cranking <laughs> them out. They're
0: they're they they are they are just they're doing just as good as they ever were. They're if not,
1: the WoW 2020s came out right now, I probably couldn't name a single band that was not on that one. album.
0: I could <laughs> not name one that's on there.
1: I mean, if it's not Point of Grace, who who's no. even on there?
0: Phillips, Craig, and <laughs> Dean. Have
1: they, are they still Phillips, Craig, and Dean? Have they
0: added a fourth one? Johnson? One Phillips, guys. Craig, Dean, and Johnson? <laughs> like is there is – there, is there, or maybe one of them is dead. I don't yeah. know. Is it Phillips just in, I and think just so, Craig? Maybe. It's just Phillips and Craig now. So – I, one of those guys
1: is in Austin, I think.
0: And what, what's what's crazy is there 24th. were three of them, and they didn't believe in the Trinity. I, you know, <laughs> I did not know
1: that. Yeah, they're one we Pentecostal.
0: No, they're one this not Know that? Yeah, I couldn't yeah.
1: name one of their songs anyway. So,
0: oh, I bet you could. I bet you could. <laughs> so, uh, you know. We, there is, I, I grew, dis- I'm preaching 2 Samuel chapter 6 this, this coming Sunday. And this is the passage where David brings the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And, well, he starts to, and then he kind of doesn't, because he's terrified. And then he does again, because he's okay. He's satisfied that the Lord's not going to kill him. And, um, and... He, you know, there's that episode with Michael, his wife, where he says uh, she gets onto him for taking off his clothes, and he says, uh, "I'll become even more undignified than this." And and David Crowder, that's your text not, this week, I, yeah. Oh, I think
1: you're singing I the song, right? <laughs> I, Tell I, I me, you're to, singing the song.
0: I, I sent it to our music guy, and I was like, "Is there any chance that we can do this?" <laughs> Joking, of course. <laughs> he, he
1: knows it. I'm sure he knows. He he knows the song. He remembers.
0: He didn't grow up a Christian, so he didn't become a Christian till oh, later. Poor. So, yeah. So That's he, he sad. Mercifully, the Lord wow. allowed him to skip the 90s <laughs> uh, era of youth group, and but 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 he remembers that song being played. He's been a Christian long enough that he remembers that song, you know, being played, and yeah. and uh, but. There's the you know the text is like you know I'll become even more indignified than this. Leave my pride by my side. I mean, it, it, the song has like four words in it, and it's like <laughs> ten minutes long or something. It's I don't so know. Great, yeah, so great. It's so yeah, great. <laughs> you keep saying so great because there's a bit of nostalgia going back to
1: your childhood. You don't even <laughs> and, know, dude. I loved these songs so much. <laughs> well, we all did. Right. We all, we all love these songs. Yeah.
0: And and if you're putting on, if you're putting on your, your honest pastor voice, why do you not do these songs every Sunday in your church service? Or for that matter, why, you know, uh, I'm going to hold that question. I'll, I'll hold this question that is coming for, (laughs) for a little bit later, but why do you not do these songs on Sunday morning?
1: Gosh, I don't know. I could count reasons. Um main reason one of those that's kind of already come up is the lyrical bankruptcy of the of a lot of the songs. So okay, so to answer your question, can I like there's a difference between some of the songs we were listening to earlier when we first got on a while ago and songs like Big House, which has some, you know, like God Jesus said, He told the disciples, "He's going to go prepare a place for you." Right? We have these scriptural pointing to to mansions. There's nothing about football in the Bible, though. But you know, so there there are varying degrees of just kind of nonsense, make noise. Uh, we were listening to the Crowder song. You know, it's it's just it's designed for phonetic excited get get loud get crazy and it's just theologically there's nothing there it defeats the the actual point of what worship is in the psalms which is singing god's character nature singing doctrine teaching his revelation singing it back to him and praising him the instruction that comes from singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another in Ephesians and Colossians. Those things are thing just absent. You know, they might provide for fun songs. They might be fine. Some of them might be fine camp songs. They're not the definition of what is a worship song. It's just <laughs> answering that. Answering that question is. It's like um, I don't know how to put it. It's like if I have to explain it, what are we? what are we talking about when, you know, like how did we get to where you have to ask that question? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so,
0: but in, in these are, these are, I, I say easy. They haven't always been. Um, the, Those songs that we look at now that, you know, this is 2023 and we look back at 1999 worship songs and we think they're cheesy they're some most of them i mean there there are some there are few exceptions that were pretty scriptural actually uh and really simple sure and things like that in every era i think there there are those songs but on the whole a lot of the songs that we were playing in youth group they were like you know like you said they were designed to produce frenzy and and to be kind of crazy and pump you up and they were done at a lot of youth camps and things like that and i say right now that like it's easy to poke fun at those and look back and go well good thing we don't do those anymore but that there was an era where we played those in church and that was the content of our of our worship
1: music in church largely i mean well but at the same time i remember feeling growing up like we had hymns at our church but then we had summer camp songs and then when i got to college i started seeing some of the merger between david crowder fun camp music and uh you know campus revival and then a little bit more of that in chapel services but for me there was always a disconnect growing up there was summer camp and there was my home church those are two very different experiences mm. for me growing up, and and I, I think in a good way. I don't know how much of that was on on purpose or or what, but I, that was my experience. I didn't have those. weren't the songs I sang in church growing up. Oh uh, well, between
0: you know we we weren't singing "Big House," that's for sure. <laughs> um, I'll grant you that. <laughs> Uh, I think in most, but I, I would bet you that there were some churches that were doing, doing songs like that oh, of course. too oh, sure. in their worship service. But, but there were a lot of songs, um, you know, every move I make, I'm making you, you make me move Jesus. Uh, and then it was, Traumatic you know, song. 15 iterations of that line. <laughs> yeah, do the, do the sprinkler waves of mercy,
1: waves of grace. And then you we do, do that. You do this. You do the everywhere I look. You know, your love I has captured me. Yeah. And if you're if you're next to a hot girl, you got to give her a hug in the your song. You know? Capture. That's how the song goes. That's that's what you do. You capture the person next to you. Oh this is not
0: a time for your confessions of all the <laughs> things that you've done in the past that were this less than appropriate. This
1: is This, this was this common not, youth I don't know. knowledge.
0: No, <laughs> i don't know no, what youth group you went to I don't, it's not normal um <laughs> that's, that's uh that is
1: uh, i think that's disqualifying actually sure. just my just my summer camp i guess that's, we've, okay
0: we've got to, we've got to we've got to look this up i need to what are your elders phone numbers again i think i have them um <laughs> you um, called before yeah i think yeah i think i've called them before um so <laughs> uh but but you know we joke about that but there were a lot of songs that were just as vacuous and just as you know i think half the chris well i probably shouldn't say his name but i've already done it so you know half the chris tomlin songs that are out there are <sighs> Dude, I'm saying there's. He's got some good songs. He does have some really Chris, good
1: songs. You're not and gonna then, sink him, are you? You're not gonna take then, him down. And then, Chris oh
0: yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but then, there, then there are. I mean, most of his songs. If he didn't have the copy and paste button on his computer, you know, he wouldn't have much of a song at all. <laughs> I mean. I mean you're a good, good father. It's who you, are, who you 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 are. I'm loved by you at who I am, at who I am, at who I am, at who I am. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, so, so much of the the stuff that is produced and that we did sing in church. I mean, you got to remember like, the, like our era when we were kids, teenagers, was the era mm-hmm. of blended worship service. You know, the... Well, we've got some hymns, but we've yeah, also got to get the some... beginning
1: of two services.
0: Yeah, or the beginning of two services. Get the contemporary service the, and the. Some yeah. of the
1: repetition didn't always bother me, though. I could mm-hmm. sing of your love forever. I could sing that song forever. <laughs> and um, it, it, you did. You had to. You, you had you to sing that song forever because it didn't went on forever. Jesus, you would drop out at like, chorus three. Yeah. But you couldn't do that because you could sing of it forever. Yeah. So. That's, a, that's a good, basically basic the the
0: slide guy, the whoever's doing the slides and creating the slides. Back in that time, he had the easiest job ever. He, mm. he really did like two slides at most, and yeah, then he just go to the bathroom. Yeah. during "I Could Sing of Your Love Forever," no one would even know he was gone. Yeah, no, so no right? one. And he just had the one line he had to put in there. Yeah. I could sing of your love forever, and that was it. You know, it was. Yeah, it was, but. But the, you know, we so we we kind of look at those and we're, we're like, you know, kind of take for granted that oh that that was back in there. We're not doing those anymore, you know, or whatever. But I think there is a, a need, or I sense a need in a lot of, uh, or maybe not a need, but but a desire from a lot of uh, people in the church of like the song that I sing on the radio going home belongs in our worship service, and. There are times you know where maybe you might do a song that's that people sing in the car and and have on the radio and things like that from popular artists and things. But then there are some that you don't. and And I think probably the biggest disconnect between uh, you know, pulpit and pew when it comes to music in the church is why. Why do we sing these songs and why don't we sing those songs? So like what have you, first of all, have you had that question before? And second, what do you say in response to this is why we do this song and this is why we don't do that song?
1: Yeah, I don't, I haven't in my whole entire time at Millwood, I don't think that's a question that I've gotten very often. Really? Why don't we do the song that's on the radio? No. Really? Have have you,
0: do you have requests to like people say like, Hey, can we do this song
1: ever? Um, I mean, from time to time, maybe we not, not often, more often than not, we're answering the questions like, this is actually a good song. And if we didn't know it was from Bethel, we might be inclined to sing it. if we didn't know this was a Hillsong song, it sounds really good, but it's do we want to uh, put those ministries on a pedestal to say, <clears throat> you know, you, go listen to this song online, go to iTunes, go find these people, listen to all of their music, and then you're just one step away from going online and finding their sermons and finding their teaching and finding their ministries. Do we do we want to do that? That that that's the question we've way more thought about over the over the years we've not had a lot of requests for k-love songs. So do you do you because uh, I've, well because I've mocked that from the pulpit. Well
0: sure, but but uh, some of the songs that are on your radio I mean I have it's been forever since I've listened to the radio to be honest with you, but some of the songs that are popular in Christian in the car in, in Christian music are done by worship bands now rather than done by you know, some independent artists, like when we were kids, what came on for us, it was KLTY was the station out of Dallas, you know, and like Mm -hmm. the, the songs that came on there were songs by jars of clay and Cademan's call and stuff like that stuff that you weren't probably doing in the worship service. But now the songs that are coming on the radio are songs done by Bethel songs done by Hillsong songs done by um, Lauren Daigle, maybe, or a a host of other different Mm -hmm. who, who kind of, moonlight as recording artists and and their daytime job is you know worship leader on sunday morning at their churches so mm-hmm. um so those are a lot of the popular songs that are being sung at, amongst christians and so is there a you, now you just said that you don't you don't do you guys don't do hill song songs you don't do uh
1: bethel songs why for the reason i just mentioned we <laughs> we we don't want it we don't want people to f- go follow those songs back to their sources and be confused that we aspire to that doctrine that we teach those things that we we believe what's behind those songs so we're just careful about that i just don't i don't think it's it's worth it to um it's not a battle worth fighting, especially when there's so many good songs out there, old ones, new ones. So are there songs by doctrinally solid or doctrinally,
0: I don't know where they stand, uh, people that you do play or that you that you decide, uh, even though they're doctrinally sound, maybe they personally are doctrinally sound, we don't play their music? Um, and if so, why? I'm not I'm not is that a like doctrinally question? solid people like like yeah you know maybe Shane and Shane or maybe maybe I don't know if they're if we would consider them Yeah, doctrinally we solid. Had a,
1: we had a discussion say, no, we I, about a about a song called uh His Robes for Mine. And in the song it says um I think it basically says God Died or something like that. I can't remember the lyric now. But it's a Baptist song. It's written by Baptist and it was enough of a lyrical, um, you know, a- enough of a-, a linguistic confusion that enough people felt like, yeah, this maybe isn't the best one. I actually love the song. I don't think it's into the, the world, but enough people felt like it was, it just kind of rubbed you the wrong way. And mm-hmm. so we just thought, well, let's just not sing it. We're fine. Mm-hmm. We thought about changing mm-hmm. the lyrics, but I think we actually figured out we didn't have permission to do that yeah, and sing it that, that way. Man. I mean, I guess, we, I mean, what's anybody going to do? But you're not supposed to misrepresent their copywritten song. Um, so we just scrapped it for now. So we sang a song. I, you know the song, Nearer My God to Thee? Yeah. Near that one. I was going to sing it. Thank you yeah. for not making me sing it. Yeah. <clears throat> it was written by a Unitarian. And I know. I didn't know that. We sang it together oh, yeah. for the gospel. And so somehow our associate picked up on that after we sang it in church and uh you know ruined that one for us so well so what do you do about songs that are old that were
0: produced by people who were theologically weird horatio spafford comes to mind uh it is well
1: yeah we just uh, sang it as
0: well on sunday night yeah i think he's a uh a pr- charismatic and probably a uh less than orthodox kind of way. So, yeah. you know, what what do you do with songs that are super old like that that where the the person who wrote it is doctrinally askew?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. At some point, you're going to have to make decisions about um you know, who a song a song like it is well right now is pretty pretty well connected to biblical faithful church tradition and separated from him and himself as to where, you know, one click of who wrote um, a Bethel song and you're, it looks like we're, you know, endorsing Bethel. So I I just, I think that's, that's a different question. Um, Requires wisdom and unity from your elders and understanding from your congregation. So then
0: take a modern song Where now you've got, you get the end of the song and you get the little credits for the end of the song of who wrote it. And you've got, Mm -hmm. let's say, Phil Wickham is one. And then you've got all these guys that you've never heard of before that are after Mm -hmm. him. And some of them may be connected to who knows who. Um, Yeah. Maybe some some of of them are are connected to Bethel.
1: Some of them were just trusting because they came down to, uh, I guess that's the thing. If we, if we don't know, you know, some of these songs that are written. Back in the '50s, '60s, '80s, and we don't even know who they are. You mm-hmm. know, that's one conscience issue. But if we know that it was written by Bill Johnson, um, yeah. Bill Johnson, the Pastor someone, of Bethel Church, Pastor of Bethel, writer of songs, yeah. him and his son, then um, pretty much, yeah, ahead. that's that's different. Yeah. So, I guess so. All of that.
0: You, you, you know, now we at our church, we have. I think. Uh, I could be wrong on this. I think it is two Hillsong songs that we have in our library that we will sing from time to time. Um, Oh, praise the name is one of them. And the other one is called uh, the creed or I believe maybe it's just called, I believe the creed or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's basically the apostles creed. Um, so we do both of those songs. Both of the songs are done by Hillsong. um, I think the question is not as much like what songs do you do, but what is governing your choices? Like what are what is the the way that you look at worship that's causing you to make one decision versus the other in terms of the songs that you sing?
1: Uh, the just our definition of what worship is. What is it? Praising God for who He is, for His faithfulness, taking example from the Psalms, singing, you know, what is God? Who is God? What has He done? Singing about Him doctrinally, that the the Psalms do that. We're, We're instructed to do that in the New Testament. So we're looking for the actual content of the song first. And then, you know, after that, it's just a matter of, our, our conscience and our concern over clarifying sound doctrine by uh, you know beyond actual song that's written so um, I mean that's where we're taking our cues it seems like else or if you would add something else
0: no I um, there there are songs I think that you may you may I disagree here but like there there are certain songs that are true. In everything that they say. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean I don't I couldn't sit here and name all the lyrics to Good Good Father, but the ones that are coming to mind, the part of it that's coming to mind is true. You're mm-hmm. a good good father, it's who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm loved by you, it's who mm-hmm. I am. You can know the um, song. It's okay. I think that's the whole song. <laughs> <I think. laughs> it's basically just copied and pasted from there on out. <laughs> that's true. You know that song is true. We don't do it. Um. And why don't you do? Why don't you do it then? Because well, it's Chris Tomlin. The, no, honestly, because you know, of Joyce Meyer. I, look, if I was in a worship service where that song was sung, I wouldn't have a problem with it. You know, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I might roll my eyes to be honest with you, because I'm super judgmental and I struggle there. But, mm-hmm. um, but I I wouldn't. Um, you know, I say that half jokingly, but, but I, I, I wouldn't uh, want to put that in a worship service that I'm orchestrating. And m- mainly because I, I think all of the worship service is designed to instruct and to stir. And I think instruct in the sense that we're we're trying to explain through our Songs, through our prayers, through our sermon, through even the Lord's Supper, through all of it, we're trying to instruct the church and the Christians that are there, the non Christians that may be in attendance. We're trying to instruct them on who God is and teach them. And secondarily to that, trying to stir their emotions toward the god that we're teaching about and i have five songs five songs on a sunday four that come before the sermon one that Mm -hmm. comes after the sermon and so i have five songs to teach about who god is and i think that i can do better than that than two two lines I think that we can affirm so much more about the gospel, that we can
1: affirm so much more about the human experience of being a Christian. Um and so I think so what about can... what about the argument that you have you have a congregation that is overwhelmed with thankfulness for God being a good father and they're singing in unison. They're just thanking God for being a good father. And sure, it's not a doctrinal treatise on the fatherhood of god and his covenant keeping faithfulness but the church is singing and their joy is communicating something and their uh unison is communicating something their affection for god is different than just kind of you know sitting around and you know singing some hymns real quick before we get out of here is there do you not put any weight to that
0: yeah no I, i do i just think that that we can have songs that accomplish both. I don't think that the, it's mutually exclusive. I think we can have songs that are both affirming of God's fatherliness and his goodness and our sonship without, uh, being vacuous on everything else and without being absent of, you know, the rest of scripture without, uh, basically just abandoning the gospel altogether, not, not abandoning, but, but not, not teaching it. Um, in the same way that I, I wouldn't stand up behind the pulpit in taking a passage and just say the same line a thousand times, you know, Mm -hmm. there's more that I can say about Mm -hmm. his fatherly character or Mm -hmm. my being loved by him. and, that can affirm so much more um, to people who are in the congregation who might be struggling with much more things than just God's fatherliness, you know, and Mm -hmm. actually talking more about his character and uh, about how you can, you can trust that trust in his promises and things like that. And so I think we have an opportunity from beginning to end, from bow to stern in our prayers Mm -hmm. and in our songs and in our, our sermon and everything in the worship service to communicate doctrine. And we only get that one time a week. And, and that, I would say, I, you know, good, good father, man, put it on in your car and, you know, drive down the road and listen to it and, you know, sing it at the top of your lungs. I'm not condemning the song, you know, but just saying there's certain things that we're trying to do in the worship service that, Mm -hmm that we we want to communicate here, and we have an opportunity to communicate, yeah, and we don't get this out we don't we're not in your car,
1: you know we don't get to select yeah. your music right I
0: think like too that. when
1: when Jesus is talking about worship in John four, he says worship is going to be in spirit and in truth, and I think there is a temptation to boil down worship to really, really feeling a little truth and instead of Actually, <clears throat> um, that being the communication, that'd be what we actually need to communicate to the church. So we take a little truth, and the real worship is how much you feel it today. Do you feel it a lot today? That's real worship. You know, seeing a couple of true things, really feel it, that's real worship. Versus you could show up today, be brokenhearted, weak um barely be able to sing a word um wrestling with your own faith but in faith sing really deep true doctrinal songs and really worship the lord out of out of faith and weakness <clears throat> so i think that's what that's what worship is it's done and it's not it's never just in truth you know, it's it's not like how do we know we worshiped well we sang really faithful doctrinal songs well that's that's not all of worship but it's also just not much of a spirit, you know. You just you could write anything, so I don't know. We don't. I don't think we have to sh- share. I don't want to give it away if I share my screen. So, but I'll, I'll um, because you'll know. So see, see if you recognize this song as an as an example of worshiping okay. in, in spirit and truth. This is this is the verse. You are the one who lights up my life. In your arms, I feel so alive. I'm never alone. You're always by my side. You're the one I trust and whom I confide. Chorus. You're the one who makes my heart sing. I'll give you everything. My everything. Your love is all I need. My everything. Forever and always my everything. Verse 2. You are the one who gives me strength in your love. I find my defense. You hold me close. You never let go. You're the one who loves me. This I know. You recognize that song? I don't. You don't. I just asked Chat GPT, Open AI, to write a song. <laughs> write a write a song that sounds like it could be to God or to a girlfriend. That's <laughs> fantastic. Isn't it great? I know we've that already is, made a couple of those, but fantastic. I just had to do a new one for today. What,
0: what What's the song? Uh, <laughs> you. You're still the one that I love. the The only was that Shania Twain back in the '90s that was like just like that. You could it could be about
1: a boyfriend or about God. Uh, Okay, the one you sent me, plus one. Yeah, I remember that name, but I don't really remember um, who they are. So I listened to this song. I cannot tell if it was a Christian band that sounds like a bad secular boy band, or if it's a boy band that actually just kind of happens to sound like a Christian band. I've got it. I've got it right here.
0: It's written on my heart, right? Okay. Here it is. I'll play it. Real All quick right, do it.
1: I'm um, I I'm beside myself with excitement.
0: In the music video, they're setting up their recording it. And how it might have been If you had never walked into my life I would have been nothing Without you, where would I be? What year is this? 2000. Oh, now we get the girls, the groupies coming. hmm
1: So yeah, <clears throat> that was written uh, in 99, 2000. I thought it was way older than that. I, you can't, I can't, I, I still don't know if this is in my memory, a Christian band that I can't tell is a Christian band or if it's a secular band that just sounds like a Christian pop band.
0: No, they're, they're a Christian band. Well, what is a Christian remember. band? I don't know. It, but I know,
1: but were they in, were they getting played on K-Love and were they- yeah.
0: That was their that was their, their answer. That, that was the the Christian pop market's answer to InSync and the Backstreet Boys mm-hmm. was plus one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um so that was basically bye bye
1: bye. But they have a song called Soul Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard this?
0: I don't know. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) That's what it's called. Plus one soul tattoo. I'm not being. That's just what the song is called. Okay, look. (laughs) When
0: you said that, your eyes, like. (laughs) They have a song called Soul Tattoo. (laughs) <laughs>
1: we're going uh, oh it's doing uh, smoothly, when you know the right got an oh, ad it's doing, it's doing an ad okay we'll give we'll give night. the ad I like you know, I can't believe you stuff. have an ad blocker really
0: how do you not have an ad blocker <laughs> you can block ads and stay
1: on i'm track. not kidding you can you so can block youtube ads without paying for it wins. i don't know try it for free at a okay, dot com. this is plus 1 soul tattoo see if the lyrics are in the oh here's the lyrics I just know that I've never felt like this and I'm there's no video, so I'm gonna go on the Because lyrics.
0: you exist in my life like hope shining bright through the stormy sky.
1: Hmm, the voice, bro. And that's why I can never turn away from you. I'd be some kind of fool To take out mm. I, I can lose your love You know that's something I can't do Cause you're the mm. the, the Reason, reason to, to the, the rhyme It's good line You're the True, true. You are my soul, remember, my soul remember
0: this song I've I mean never heard that very, song in my life. I, very vaguely wow. this song like comes back to me I remember some of this I could never sing it but I I certainly do remember that's it. Like, a
1: great example if it didn't have I'm so thankful Lord in it oh if man. it didn't have the word Lord you'd never know you could never know. How many people it turned was, it off before it singing. ever got to the courts? So. Oh yeah, because they just thought it was bad music. Yeah, soul <laughs> so, tattoo. Soul, you t- get any tattoos? I got it. my soul my tattoo. soul is tattooed. God. It's because Christians couldn't get That's, tattoos in the nineties. So I thought we could get <laughs> tattoos by then.
0: We we oh man, the spirit was tattooed on our soul. Um,
1: oh, jeez, man, yeah.
0: So funny. Oh, where were we before that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. This is one of my favorite rabbit trails we've ever done. Super,
0: super great. This whole thing is a rabbit trail. The entire, <laughs> every, everything we've ever recorded or said is just one massive
1: rabbit trail. <laughs> we've basically what? been on a rabbit trail for 10 years. <laughs> every week. It's just, it's the same trail. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, but you know, I, I, I do think there is, uh, perhaps in many, in many pews, in many a pew, the thought about worship is, it strictly revolves around what gets me excited mm-hmm. about God. And, and that's about as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the thought. And I think sometimes too, if, uh, at least has been my experience with Christians and I'm not necessarily saying about Emmanuel at all. I've had maybe a couple of conversations about, you know, the worship music and things like that. Not many, um, have had, I have had people leave before over it. That's for sure. But, but, Mm. um, you know, few conversations of like, we want to do this specific song and things like that. But, but in general talking with Christians, just, you know, whether they're here or not, um, I think that's kind of the extent of it. And, and then they take what is played in, in our worship services or what's not played as a, either an endorsement for, uh, you know, maybe all the ministry of this particular, like you're saying, like the Hillsong or whatever, or not playing it as, you know, condemning that particular song. And we've had, we have had people here, even musicians who like a particular song and really would love to play this song that we say, no, either because the lyrics are somewhat ambiguous or they don't teach anything. It's just Mm -hmm. a, it's a, you know it's a a repeated chorus that that or a repeated verse that just it's just four words basically the entire time and, and that's all we ever do you know in the song and and we opt not to do those songs even though they are they have a deep emotional connection you know mm-hmm. in the in the service and when we talk about stirring the hearts' affections toward the Lord then those songs get brought up and and they go, well, why not these songs? These have a deep, these tend to stir the, the heart's affections toward the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when you don't do those, it's like, well, I thought you wanted to stir the heart's affections toward the Lord. What gives, what, which, which is it, which do you want? And, um, you know, I, I think that's hard for people to understand sometimes is that mm-hmm. what we're doing in our worship services and what they're designed to do. And, If you can line up the Psalms next to a song like, you know, Soul Tattoo, (laughs) you you will see a a dramatic difference (laughs) between the what's going on in the Psalms versus what's going on in Soul Tattoo. You know, there's no question as who David's writing about or who Asaph's writing about. Um, You know, that kind of thing. But when you're when you're listening to some of these other songs that we commonly sing in the car and we know what they're about and we you know kind of encourage ourselves with these words um it's not it it's not patently obvious in a in a worship service and it doesn't actually serve to teach doctrine and core doctrine that we we need to understand and be reminded of and so that Mm -hmm. the heart is being stirred in worship by being taught about the lord that Mm -hmm. that's our desire and it doesn't mean the music can't be beautiful and doesn't mean it can't be done beautifully you know but it does there there has to be some sort of lyrical threshold that we've got to meet you mm-hmm. know before before these songs can actually you know come into to uh the the worship i think
1: yeah because the even the soul tattoo song it it's not like an entire error i just know that i've never felt like this i know it's because you exist in my life like hope shining bright through the stormy skies. I I could connect those to, to biblical passages and themes. Mm-hmm. You know? Through through the stormy mm-hmm. skies, Jesus calms the storm. Like mm-hmm. hope shining bright, the psalm I'm preaching at your church. Ask God to send his light, let it shine, bring me back to him. You mm-hmm. exist in my life. I don't know, I don't know what that sentence means. Um But the, these are not just like Contra Christian ideas about hope and right. comfort, but there is kind of this cookie cutter. Everything's about storms. And I'm always in a bad place. And it's always about me and where I am and how I'm feeling right now. And it's therapeutic and it's, and it's on me. And I just know that I will never be the one to turn away from you because you're so, you're so good. I- I'll never yeah. do that and it's just like our it's almost like we're praising our own uh, our own devotion to god rather than just singing about him like it, that's what we're actually saying that that is what actually excites us and i'll tell you man we our church to our befuddlement on some of our service reviews on sunday evening we do we always do a cappella hymns on in our sunday night services, our prayer meetings, our member meetings, always um, a cappella hymn. We have hymns at the back, grab a hymn when you come in, put it back on the cart when you come back out. On Sunday night, we we did it as well, after mm. uh, one of our elders did a devotion where he instructed us where to sit in the service, and we sang it as well. And I'm pretty sure that our Sunday evening member meeting, it is well, a cappella, We got one key from the keyboard was louder and stronger than any song we've Mm -hmm. done in the last few weeks Mm -hmm. on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, we're just—I just don't know what when we we'll find this at our church too. We do we try to encourage a lot of acapella on purpose on Sunday mornings. Yeah. yeah. When our band gets out of the way, and when I say out of the way, I don't mean. They're usually in the way. What I mean is, when they, when the instruments stop, okay, mm-hmm. the church carries the, mm-hmm. the worship, and mm-hmm. and there's, there's almost kind of like a, will you just let us sing, sometimes mm-hmm. in the service, yeah. yeah, um, that there is that we we like we realize we're the worship team. God has brought about an affection in our hearts because of the gospel. It's not stirred by the worship team and their music. Mm. Sometimes we feel like they're holding us back. Mm -hmm. The the worship comes from the actual truth of the gospel that we are singing, from our fellowship together, and we want to sing it back to God. Rather than showing up in our stirring, coming from the atmosphere and from... the the feeling, the kind of songs, the songs that we're singing sound like the songs out in the world, so that's good. Now we're cool. What I I don't know, whatever. Right. Like we we just don't we don't need. We had a time in our church between worship pastors and all of our worship now is volunteer. Our our team's actually really good. They're amazing. The mm-hmm. instrumentalists, they're they're getting there early, all those things. But we went through a season where we went from particularly good instrumentalist, good leader charismatic kind of personality to uh and on staff paid working during the week to get services ready to totally volunteer and there was a season where we're to teach our church like you are the worship team yeah we are the we are the worship team we're we are yeah. here to be the singers to god together and yeah. if 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 anything If you feel like, if you feel like it's hokey, if you feel like it's, you know, we had for a while there when we first started with some group of volunteers, we had uh, soundboard issues. Uh, We Mm -hmm. had some uh, songs and keys too high, just Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I'm like, what do you, you, who do you think we're are? We're Christians getting together for worship. This is not a show. Right. You you, do, you didn't pay money for this. Jesus paid his blood so that we could sing these songs. That's how we got mm-hmm. here. Yeah, that's all we. Yeah. That's that's what we need. It's that's all we need, and it's fine. Yeah. And I think that has over time become our our, our culture and our and our yeah. appetite. You know, um, yeah. to where it's something we actually look forward to. And I think is a yeah. wonderful mark uh, of our you know, church over time. <clears throat> It's interesting, and I don't
0: know that people, that Christians, when they come to worship service, really think about this, but the worship music turns you, turns everybody in the church into teachers. And it's the only thing that really does that in our worship service, because when you sing, you are singing to the Lord, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Paul's also adamant that we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to each other. Mm -hmm. Like it's a reminder when the words are coming out of your mouth to the person sitting next to you, that these words are true and this person believes them and she or he is singing them. And so it is this, Mm -hmm. it's this very strange thing in a church service where all the people in the service become teachers of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think the question then in our music is, what are they going to teach when they open their mouth? Because you're, they're not, you're not opening it for them to just say whatever is on their mind. You're actually instructing them, these are the words I want you to say when you say them. Mm-hmm. and they have an impact on the person sitting next to you. Even if you don't think that we had a, a <clears throat> sang a song a couple of weeks ago and we, it's a song that we sing fairly frequently, you know, not all the time, but, but, but a fair amount. And this song has, uh, there's been a number of people in our church service that have been really blessed by it. And, uh, the lyrics are incredibly powerful, especially when you stop and you, you actually read them. Well, this particular person was going through a really hard time with her granddaughter. And, and, you know, it was just a, just a rough season. And this song comes up and she, she said, you know, I didn't even sing it. I just took mm-hmm. my finger and I just followed along every word mm-hmm. that was there. And I thought, man, that is hard to sing, but it's true. The song, the song is called what Ere my God ordains is right. And, mm-hmm. and the lyrics say this: Whatever my God ordains is right. His holy will abideth. I will be still, whatever He does, and follow where He guideth. He is my God, though dark my road. He holds me that I shall not fall, and so to Him I leave it all. Whatever my God ordains is right. He never will deceive me. He leads me by the proper path. I know He will not leave me. I take content what He has sent. His hand can turn my griefs away, and patiently I wait His day. Whatever my God ordains is right. Though now this cup and drinking may bitter seem to my faint heart, I take it all unshrinking. My God is true. Each morning new, sweet comfort yet shall fill my heart, and pain and sorrow shall depart. Whatever my God ordains is right, here shall my stand be taken. Though sorrow, need, or death be mine, yet I am not forsaken. My Father's care is round me there. He holds me that I shall not fall, and so to him I leave it all. Full test. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you put something like that up next to soul tattoo, and and you. The question then is, what what do I want you as a congregation? What do I want you teaching the person sitting next to you? Not not just singing back to God and and reminding yourself as you're singing it back to God, mm-hmm. um, what something that's true. We want that. That's mm-hmm. primary, I would say, but secondary to that are the people sitting next to you? And when you open your mouth to communicate the truth of scripture, do I want it to be in vague generalities with lots of second person Mm. pronouns, you, that could be sung about a girlfriend or could be about God? Do I want it to be words that are, are those true? Is that, you know, uh, spirit, you are welcome here and, and, you know, inviting the spirit into the room. Is that, is that really what we're we're wanting to sing? Is that is that true? I, I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily the, true. That we're we're you know unlocking the door and okay, now the Holy Spirit can come in. Um, you know, so do, do I want vagin realities from, from my wedding? Uh,
1: <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. Actually, I know you don't. <laughs> I hope not. But so at some point, it becomes kind of a, you know, a a good, better, best kind of question. Like yeah. that's absolutely. It, what it it is. You, you could you could sing soul tattoo, and it's not entirely. No, it's not heretical. I don't like. I'm I'm not looking at soul <laughs> tattoo, but I'm just saying. Like good, good father. Be ready, Millwood.
0: Here it comes. You're about to get soul tattooed.
1: Soul tattooed. (laughs) I want to blame it on the worship leader for sure. Uh, You're about to get inked. We (laughs) we actually just got our our administrative assistant Stephanie was the first admin assistant in multiple attempts who actually. Got our, our copier To print like hymn sheets And music sheets Like the actual piano music yeah. Into our worship guide So it's not just text huh. So now we just got our We just got music In there for all of our songs Last Sunday Man a, I was so excited So it's like little like You're a little hymnals cooking now. with gas now You don't even know Yeah We're about to sing we, all we do four that every parts. week Yeah <laughs> Well, you know, we didn't all go to Apple before we were in ministry. (laughs) Okay. That's not where we all worked. Like you you there's some
0: songs that we don't have the the sheet music for, but, but it's probably about half and half, but yeah, you know, it is. is, You're absolutely right. It's a question of good, better, best. Right? Like, yeah. like, um, sometimes, you know, good, good father, it, it's a fine song that it's true, you know, as far as the words that I can remember anyway are are mm-hmm. true and, and sing it in your car. <clears throat> but if I'm choosing, if I've got five choices,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then it's just not going to ever make the cut mm-hmm. because I know I've got five better songs than that mm-hmm. that, that remind me of five. But you know what? If I was in the, you know, middle of nowhere, and I'm designing a worship service, and I have no tools at my disposal. I don't have the internet connection. I don't have whatever. That and that's the only song whose words I can remember. Guess what we're doing? You know, <laughs> doing good, good Father four times. <laughs> which which is good because it just repeats itself four times. But um, <laughs> so, but but. You know, in the in the age that I'm in and the resources that I've got and the number of people that are writing songs that are theologically deep and rich and remind us of the gospel, even in the midst of struggle. For me, whatever my God ordains is right is basically the new version of it is well in some sense. That, but I think it's even deeper and theologically even more rich. Yeah. Um, that it reminds you of the same truths in the midst of suffering, whatever my God ordains is right. Mm -hmm. And man, are those hard words to sing and to say when you're going through it, you know, but it's true. And, and so like anytime I'm designing a worship service or laying it out, I've got five better songs that are richer and truer and Mm -hmm. better than, than good, good father. So it is a question of good, better, best to some
1: extent, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and yeah. it's trying to express the truth. Like if you just go through the Psalms and how often we are led by God's word like light, how often we are guided by uh, truth, that his his word is something that we worship him for. His mm. word is how we walk through life. So mm. the closer our songs are to his word, the more we're being illuminated when we gather into what is good and right and true in the world—that's mm-hmm. we're singing. What is illuminating uh, mm-hmm. about our week this coming week? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, you know the song. I'm sure you guys sing the song. Behold our God. That's mm-hmm. essentially like the theme of what is worship. It is to behold God and praise Him for who He is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like. I want to say this is a the, you know the Matt Chandler illustration. Uh, he, he and he uses this to talk about doctrine. You know he says, "What if you know if I told you my wife was, you know, a beautiful blonde with blue eyes and really pale skin, and I was just a, adoring her for her beauty? What would be wrong with that?" You ever hear this from Matt Chandler? I think it was Matt mm-hmm. Chandler. The problem mm-hmm. is his wife is a brunette. She's got brown hair and you know olive skin. That's hmm. not what she's like. So telling her that she's beautiful isn't actually even praising her. Hmm. Uh, singing generalities, you know, isn't beautiful. There's been times when if my, my wife has uh, asked me, Do you like me? I'm like, Yeah, of course, babe. What do you like about me? Okay. Um. So, what I'm I'm first first. we're
0: doing this. Okay. First, (laughs) hang on, hang on, just a second. Let me get my let me get let me get my head wrapped around it real quick. Hold on. (laughs) Hang on. Uh, Do I have an internet connection? Chat GPT, where are you at? Uh, (laughs) 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 This is when you wish you had the little Apple glasses or something They're like just Chat GPT just start scrolling lyrics. I I got your back, Nathan. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs>
1: There's a uh, lot of things that I love And like about my wife But, the, but, it's, like, but it's none of them the I, are coming to mind right now I'm not gonna <laughs> Put Pearl before Swine And just throw them out at you The <laughs> The But Shouldn't that's like to this anyway. <laughs> It's actually not true The <laughs>
0: Let's, let's put it to it the test. test. Let's, let's see like, how
1: long it takes her to to co- refer back to this conversation. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We, But it, it's like that in, in – like, what are the Psalms doing? They're mm-hmm. describing, worshiping, thanking, mm-hmm. remembering, telling, praising mm-hmm. God for who he is and what he's like. And they're not singing in generalities like, wow, right. oh, God's really good. He right. is good. You know, you get you talk about psalms. You know, like we were talking about repeating earlier. Was it Psalm one thirty three, one thirty four? You know, I mean, it's pretty repetitive. Your steadfast yeah. love endures forever, over and yeah. over and over and over. Yeah. Um. You know, but it's theologically walking through your steadfast love and endures forever, despite this, despite this, despite this, despite right. this, and it is. So it's it's doing something different than. Basing Just repeat the experience of worship on our feeling of a few elementary truths, and right. diving into the 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 depths and the truthfulness of who who God actually is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, and those songs again, you know,
0: you jam out to them in the car. You know, there's nothing wrong with
1: singing about. You know you, even good- then, though, I would say, like, why why rob yourself in the car? Like, would you not, would you not, would you, would it be good to sing soul tattoo or do you think it would be good for you to sing whatever my God ordains is right by yourself on Tuesday? I think it'd be, I think it'd both be better. I think one would be preferable there too. I mean, if
0: somebody was asking me, what songs would you recommend I play in the car? I would say (laughs) follow me on Apple music and I, and I'll, I'll give you my, my playlist, which is basically all the songs that we sing in church. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the one that my daughter requests whenever we get in the car, can you play the church Mm. songs? Mm. You know, and, but, but, you know, and, and that's another thing for parents, like communicating to your kids, gospel truth. Do you want Saul tattoo or do you want Jesus is mine? You know, being played in the car. And I don't know how many people are familiar with Jesus is mine, but um, you know, I, I I want them to hear whatever my God ordains is right.
1: Yeah, or you know, or is it that, or do you want Bon Jovi? Like you have to pick. I mean, what are you? There's a place play for. Both. There's for a place kids. for.
0: There's a place for both. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's my kids. My kids. I'm telling you right now. My boys think that John Bon Jovi is the pinnacle of rock music. If you want the <laughs> definition of rock music. And the best artist that's ever lived in that genre was well, John Bon Jovi. There's no question. So funny. we'll talk about the, you know, musicians I'm like, yeah, he was pretty good. And he did this. And then and like, we were talking about Elvis the other day. I was like, well, you, you have to understand that I'm trying to help them understand the evolution of music, you know? And so they wanted to hear Elvis. They'd never heard him before. And so I'm, I'm playing some music. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta think about what he's doing and like what era he's in. And he's bringing rock for the first time and, you know, to people and, and, and they're like, yeah, but he's not as good as John Bon Jovi. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, it's like my kids watching movies. My son's question will always be like, was it? Was this a movie from the 1900s, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Son, sit down. We're watching Hoosiers, and not want to hear you wanna about. You want to live to see 2024? <laughs> he puts <better> it down. <laughs> uh, yeah. So
0: who,
1: yeah, who I agree with you. those like at your church,
0: uh, that is a so ultimately it will all get my okay and really all, all of the staffs. Okay. So hopefully both of them are, are soon to be elders in our church, but, um, it, it is essentially a collaboration. Uh, Tom, who does our, our music, who who leads our music and our worship team and all that kind of stuff. He's also on staff at our church and hopefully will be an elder soon. He, um, it, he'll come up with like a rough draft of
1: mm. we have
0: a library of songs. Basically we have, you know, it's probably a hundred and let's say 150 songs maybe. Um, and he will pick from those songs mm. and kind of put together a rough sketch of a worship service. And then we'll go over it in staff. <clears throat> maybe. Like do mm-hmm. these songs look good? Is this, you know, and then we'll give the thumbs up. And normally that stays roughly like a month and a half, two months out, we're planning. So um, so we'll have kind of the songs pretty much set in place. And then they'll start working on getting the music printed up once we once we all kind of get the okay on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a little bit easier in some sense because we, we kind of have the library of songs that we do and that we like sort of pre-approved. And my take on worship really has been from the beginning that I'm not, I'm not overly themy of a guy. Like I don't necessarily care that okay, I'm preaching on the atonement, and so I want all songs that are related to the atonement. You know, we have different different movements in our worship service in our liturgy, which is like a praise to God. So generally, the first two songs are kind of praise, sometimes triumphal praise then, you know, we have a song of confession. So it kind of reminds us of sin. Then we have a song of assurance of pardon. So then we kind of want to remember what we have in Christ. And then after the song, there's normally a song of response It sometimes goes with the sermon, sometimes doesn't. But as long as we're picking from those songs, they're all gospel affirming. They're all, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. pushing the similar truth. So they kind of, they're all, you know, sort of pre-approved in that sense. And so he kind of puts them in, in the movements of the service. And then we we sort of go through it and, and give a thumbs up on them. Mm. But it's it's a, it's, a, it's going to be a pastoral, you know, decision ultimately. Yeah, Because, th- because of that, because we're, we the songs teach. And, you know,
1: if you want to be an extension it, of pastoral ministry over the church, it, it is. And it is a, yeah. it is you a can't teaching. You can keep ministry. a watch and, over your doctrine. You can't keep a watch over yourself and not keep a watch over the songs. Like Paul. Instructs that's Timothy. right. In fact, I would say
0: that it might be it, it might be one of the more important things a pastor does. You know, in addition to you know studying and preparing to teach and actually mm-hmm. teaching truth from the Bible, look the songs catechize the church. They mm-hmm. teach the church. They affirm doctrinal truth. And if you've got songs that are theologically askew or theologically mm-hmm. ambiguous. You're, even if your teaching is great, your you would never church is like going to have, no, your church is going to have an identity crisis because mm. they, they, they're not hearing reiterated to them in the songs, what they're hearing taught in the pulpit. And so it's, a it's important that, <clears throat> that there is a, uh that, that all of that is brought under the teaching ministry of the church. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, I think the biggest issue with a lot of those songs and even playing them in the car, you're right. Like it would be better, you know, yes. Yeah. Good, good father. I I don't have anything, you know, I don't have a problem against that with that song, but there are better songs to sing. There are better songs to think about. And we all listen to songs that are just, you know, kind of cotton candy songs, but, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: you know, there are songs that are better to think about and remind
1: yourself of truth and deeper mm-hmm. songs for sure. So, yeah. yeah. And I don't think to, you know, last thought here. I think sometimes there's a, you, people feel like they have to choose between doctrine and boring. Yeah. You know, or between doctrine and exciting. Between old song that's faithful and new song that has a heretic behind it. Yeah, I, I just it's just not <laughs> the case, actually. No. And and we shouldn't be boring. You know? Yeah. We, we we should not be trying to excite with our instruments and excite with um uh you know, in the sense of kind of creating creating a frenzy. But it's really good to have good music. Yeah. You know? We're we're but supposed to this... be this this would be joyful. People should walk out of here going, These people are happy. Yeah, they they love yeah. they love actually doing this because they love this, not because Baal told them to bow down or else. They actually right. love the God that they're singing about. So, like, yeah. some and it, and it, and it's good for it to be musical. I think City Alive yeah. does this best. Sean Sean Shane and Shane do this really well. There's others, you know, Sovereign Grace do it fine. Psalm ninety two says this: It's good to give thanks to the Lord to sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. The music of the lute and the harp. I don't know about you. We don't have a lute or a harp or a lair. For you, O oh Lord, have made me glad by your work and the works of your hands. I sing for joy. So we sing him and his name and his love and his works back to him to music. That's what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a song that we, we we talk about this song all the time because it's, it's called Magnificent Marvelous Matchless Love. And it was, I think, written by the Gettys. Um, It, it, there's so many other probably people that contributed to the song in some way, but Mm -hmm. um, it, it, the lyrics of it, it's very upbeat. The lyrics Mm -hmm. of it are like magnificent, marvelous, matchless love, too vast and astounding to tell, forever existing in worlds above, now offered and given to all. O fountain of beauty eternal, the Father, the Spirit, the Son, sufficient and endlessly generous, magnificent, marvelous, matchless love creation is brimming with thankfulness. The mountains exultant. They stand the seasons rejoice in your faithfulness. All life is sustained by your hand. You crown every meadow with color. You paint every shade in the sky. Each day, the dawn wakes is an encore of magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. So it just goes on, you know, just and the song is just beautiful. And the but it's matched by its music. It's music is, is beautiful. And the way that it ends the song that the, the, arrangement, the traditional arrangement of the Gettys, the way that it ends is like this kind of sort of instrumental, you know, kind of, and it just drops off. It just, it just quits. And every time our church plays that song, every single time at the end, they will all whoop and clap <laughs> everybody that song. And we've talked about this in Please the, in the office with it. With put it on there when
1: I come, I want
0: to, I want to experience this. It's I mean, every time I don't have to say anything we just play it. And one thing that would be hard about when you come is that we have a violinist who is a college student and she'll be, she's Mm -hmm. here during the school year. She's not here during the summer. And so she plays that, that musical instrument. And she's phenomenal at the violin, Mm -hmm. obviously. And so she does that. And then before her, we had a, a piano player who was at the university, who was a piano performance major, and he was also phenomenal. And so he would do it on the piano instead of the violin, obviously. And, uh, and so, It's this just this powerful music that then just like it just like is laid out there and and it just inspires the church to, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, rejoice. And it's it's I I think it's it's a combination. It's the music, obviously, that has that kind of sense to it, but the it's matched by the words. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is a reason in our worship service why we don't stand up and read the lyrics and then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, we we sing mm-hmm. these words because there is a joy in singing. There yeah, is. I can't remember who it was.
1: It might have been MacArthur. It was talking about you know worship is doctrine put to poetry, coupled with music, and mm-hmm. singing it together out loud. Yeah, and and you can't when when that happens,
0: and it's and it's all comes together the music, the the lyrics, the everything in a in a song, um you can't help but praise the Lord for it. It's doctrinally Mm. true, it's rich, it's deep, it's you know, I mean the soul will be stirred to it.
1: But yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah, yeah. That that it it's designed and the way that it's put together stirs the heart of the believing. And um you you know you can't help but but love that and that's what we should strive towards. But do you Deep feel like in your congregation there's
1: meaning. do you feel like you're in congregation there's a potential for people to go, I love it when we sing songs, but I really love it when we do that song? For sure. Is that bad? <laughs> could be a change. it could be a challenge. You Why? know? Like if you have people going, I really love um you know, worship when it's just John on the piano, but I really love it when it's Ryan doing the guitar. That That's mm. when I – that's – then I, then I feel like we're really in the zone. We're really worshiping. I really feel it on those days. I think we're coming in a danger of redefining what worship is.
0: Well There's a difference between th-
1: being thankful for all the gifts God has given us and thinking, now that was that, – yeah, that was good. Versus no, the church singing their hearts, singing the truth to one another. That actually is it. That's actually the thing.
0: We have this conversation in the office. I think probably at least once a month. Of, (laughs) (laughs) and it's a it's a conversation that will never end. Of, you know, what is what? First of all, what is the goal and. Is good in expression of instrumentation in music bad? Yeah. You know, that can it be so good that it's bad? Mm-hmm. And is an arrangement of a song designed to emotionally manipulate, to get to that point mm-hmm. of stirring? And I certainly think it can be for sure. Uh, and And there is some measure of it that is, what is your intention in doing mm-hmm. this? At the same time, I've said, let's put Magnificent, Marvelous, Matchless Love, just the music, to uh, Soul Tattoo, and it's not going to produce that. (laughs) You know, let's read the lyrics of Magnificent, Marvelous, Matchless Love and have no music, and it's not going to produce that. What is causing the... um, the stirring in the heart of our congregation, for one, we don't know that. I can't look into the heart of the people that go, yeah, I love that. And, Mm -hmm. and answer the question, what they were thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I can't really sit in judgment over them. What I can say is that music is beautiful and that song is equally beautiful. Mm -hmm. So whether it causes someone to go, man, I really love it when that person plays, Mm-hmm. Or whether it's just, no, I I don't care. I just, that's, that is the most beautiful expression of biblical truth that I've heard in a long time in a song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I can't really control that, nor should I really try to. It's, you know, I'm, I really want uh, our church to think about deep uh, abiding truth <laughs> of scripture. And I want to do it in the most beautiful way that we can. You know, mm-hmm. so that it really burrows down deep in their heart <laughs> and it comes up when they're washing dishes
1: and when their parents die, you yeah. know, 100%. and there's a reason the so, Psalms talk about cymbals and tambourines and drums and and, and it's not just because, well, we, we have to have some kind of arrangement. We have to have, uh, you know, we have to have some some order, you know there there's there's actually the the idea is that this is uh in line with singing and and dancing and it communicates and fosters joy it's uh it's not like, we're not church of christ it's not like music is a is contra worship right. or something absolutely right. not yeah right
0: so we do, uh, we do typically one, um, t- not quite every song, but many songs a couple times a uh, worship service anyway. Where the last chorus or s- last chorus, last verse, somewhere around there, there will be no instrumentation. It'll just be voices, and it's amazing how powerful that is in a worship service. Mm-hmm. And so, so then. And, and sometimes you you know you hear the whole church singing holy holy holy. Um, are you, you know, are you are you being stirred by the power of that, um, that feeling, or are you being stirred by the truth of the song toward the God about whom it's written? And I can't say what each heart is doing in that worship service. I can say what my intention was behind it. The same way you would say about beautiful music, what's the intention behind the arrangement of magnificent, marvelous, matchless love and the lyrics? Is it designed, you know, to elicit that kind of response? Well, I don't know what it's designed to elicit, and I don't know in the pew what people are reacting to. If that's just a fleshly, you know, exercise of you know hollering and clapping or whatever, what I can say is the intention behind behind us doing it and the way we do it. Um, and it's not, I don't want it to merely stop with excitement and joy over the music, but I can say God created music. He created it to be beautiful. There's a reason we don't read these lyrics. We sing them because they, it's a way of, of the emotions communicating biblical truth and, and a way for this biblical truth to connect with the emotions in a way that just speaking, it does not. And so, um, so that's our intention behind it. You know what is the response? Well, sinful man can do anything he wants. You know, there's there's no end to our sinfulness for sure. But I think over time you start to see people be corrected by the word that's in the in the song and the word that's being preached. And over time their theology tends to come in line with what the song's singing and with what the what is being preached through repentance and through all the normal means. So are there going to be abuses in the worship service? Of course there are, you know, but it, that shouldn't stop us from singing the best, richest songs we can set to the best arrangement that we can possibly find and doing it to the best of our ability. It, it shouldn't stop any of those things from happening. And, um, because at the end of the day, more often than not for the Christians, God is going to use those things to shape them. And that when, you know, when they have the car wreck or when their parents die, or when they get diagnosed with cancer, they're going to be reminded of whatever my God ordains is right, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's going to come back and they're going to sing it the way they heard it done in the worship service, because that's the way they know it. Mm -hmm. And I want that. You know, yeah, and I think that's good, but I don't, I don't really want soul tattoo to come to their mind. To be honest with you, <laughs> you <know? sighs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you could mm-hmm. sing "You Are My Fire." My fire. I knew you are going Desire.
1: <laughs> it's interesting that Paul encourages the truck, the, the church, not to get drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs it's like the drunkenness that you're that you could feel with wine is debauchery but instead fill yourself with this as if those are actually competing uh filling of the soul mm-hmm. you could be filled like this and drunk and lose yourself like this or what you should be what you should do is be filled with the spirit addressing one another in psalms hymns spiritual songs so i it's not saying don't be drunk like this be drunk like this and you know go get go get drunk at church on worship songs but what mm-hmm. i think it is saying is instead of drunkenness by wine have this exuberance instead be filled mm-hmm. with this instead mm-hmm. and one actually cancels out the other passion. Mm-hmm. It cancels out the other idea of therapy and feeling and emotionlessness that you experience mm-hmm. in, in drunkenness, the dumbing down mm-hmm. of the emotions because you don't want to feel anything. Like worship does the opposite in being filled with the spirit um, mm-hmm. that it, you're actually worshiping in spirit and truth, not just truth. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Good conversation. All right. Well, I look forward to, to being there in June. Whatever, whatever yeah, worship team you have, I'll be happy.
0: Let's see if you can. Let's see if you can resist magnificent, marvelous,
1: matchless love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll loop right along with the rest of them. You will do it. I guarantee. All right. You. All right talk let's to you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Fire and Bones podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing or following the show on your favorite listening platform so you can be notified every time a new episode is released. Consider leaving us a generous review if that's an option for you, and most importantly, share this podcast with someone that you think might benefit from it. Be sure to check the show notes for any relevant links, including our contact information. Feel free to reach out to us with any questions you might have. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Fire and Bones podcast we we'll